let's talk about it. back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaining and everything in its orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim. So let's get into it. What are we talking about today, James? Tim, you know, I thought it might be good if we, maybe we had a bit of a chat about some Hollywood inspirations, you know, because uh, I don't know about you. I, I personally find while I enjoy a good film, I love a Disney, I love a comedy, I love a rom-com, I love a classic. But sometimes the thing that drives me to the cinema is a fat boy. And I love me a good fat boy in a movie. And I don't know, I think whether we realize it or not, when we look to media for examples of like fat guys that are respected, fat guys who are being successful, who are liked by people and desired by people, looking to hollywood is a really good place to sort of see like what what is on the tasting plate you know like what what does culture say we're appreciating or approving on these days and mm. you know historically i think uh, fat men have never really been top of the roster but i kind of wanted to have the chance to talk to you um about maybe some people that you know of who maybe have inspired you because you're very old and your reference oh, for Christ's sake. No, but I am I am something of, of an aficionado of classic Hollywood. So, you know, and this is a subject that I do like to talk about. Unfortunately, not a lot of people like to talk about it because many people have not seen a film that predates either the year of their birth or maybe 20 years before the year of their birth. So Well, I mean, let's let's kind of kick off with that, you know, and maybe do a bit of a tour of just larger men throughout the ages. So, you know, maybe if we said we start with old Hollywood, who are some names that come to mind? Uh, right off the bat, Oliver Hardy of Laurel and Hardy. They oh, were yeah. a comedy duo. And um, Oliver was the the bigger man, quite quite big, actually. I, I don't know what his exact weight was, but it looks as if it was close to 400 pounds. I mean, the man was very, very round. He's the one that, like, when people see images of, like, he's got the bowler hat and the little mm -hmm. stuff, people are like, oh, fat Charlie Chaplin. Like, okay, but no, that's actually Oliver Hardy. And yeah. isn't it true that he was like, I, well, I think this happens in, like, every instance. So there's, like, a comedy duo, and there's always the wild one and the straight man. And uh, Oliver Hardy was the funny one, mm -hmm. and therefore people loved him. And so well, I, I would argue that Oliver was actually a straight man. Laurel was the really thin, wiry, kind of goofy looking one. And a lot of the stuff that revolved around their um, situations were Laurel did something stupid and then Oliver Hardy would have to like correct him or, or fix the mistake or react to whatever the situation was. Um, he, I, I feel like he tended to play the straight man more often. But then if you look at examples of like the Three Stooges, um, I don't remember if all if two of them were overweight or if just one was. I think Curly, the bald one, was fat and that the other two were thin. Mm. Or one was sort of in the middle between like being fat and thin, sort of like stocky. But uh, in, in the case of the Three Stooges, the fat one was the goofy one, which was kind of 
the trope for the time you know that one uh i think it was curly curly's the bald one right because that's the irony is that he doesn't have any hair and they call him curly i mean maybe i've never seen three stooges um i mean to be fair i haven't seen a ton of it either i mean the some of their old skits are available on some of the streaming services I have, but I haven't sat down to watch them. No. Uh, Curly Howard is the name. Just did a quick Google. There you go, Curly Howard. Um, but I think a name that comes to mind for me, and I apologize if this is maybe a character instead of an actor, Fatty Arbuckle? It's both a character and a person. I mean, oh. Ros Roscoe Arbuckle was his name, but Fatty was the nickname that he went by. And... Uh, to be completely fair, I do not know much about him. Uh, I have not seen a ton of things that he was in. And I'm fairly certain that it was a lot of like short films and sketches as opposed to full length movies. Mm. To be fair, again, doing a little bit of Googling on him, it looks like he did a lot of silent films, which of course were okay. shorter than these standard films. Um, but it's quite interesting that a lot of these men kind of had a very similar style of dress, which I don't know if that's a reference to the limitations on plus size fashion back in a certain era, you know, pre-war time, or if that's just a common theme with fat men in Hollywood. A lot of them seemed very, and, and this is maybe a thing here, very well dressed, you know, none mm. of them slobbish, you would yep. certainly say. If you were to compare them to some of the uh, presentations of plus size characters we have today, you would almost consider them uptight. You know, mm -hmm. you see them in like a suit and tie situation with a bowler hat or a pork pie hat, something to kind of give an image of well, well presented, well yeah. put a, a well and orderly gentleman. And I, and I wonder if that's maybe a reflection of, you know, expectations of fat men at the time. You know, if fat men were considered to be abusive slobs, to be gross, to be nasty, and therefore to present as any form of celebratar would require one to really present themselves as the uppermost echelon of human. I would think that that was just mostly a society thing because, you know, um, the sort of idea of what we have of being casual, especially out in public, um, has wildly evolved uh, and um, yeah. in a short amount of time. Because, I mean, I can even remember being a kid in the 80s and there were certain things you didn't wear outside of your house. And there was a certain way you didn't present yourself in public because people would judge you immediately for looking slovenly. So if we're going all the way back to the 1920s or the 1930s in Hollywood, yeah, they would have been expected to look presentable always. you know, And that was also a part of their movie star brand. Mm. You know, you had to appear a certain way in public because the studio... It's paying an awful lot of money for your upkeep, so. Very true. And I mean, I, I remember when you and I watched the, the Sid, you, you showed me the TV show Feud. <laughs> I didn't show you food, I showed you Feud. Ladies and gentlemen, I have stumbled upon uh, my Trixie Mattel doing a Swedish accent equivalent. Uh, this person is from the renowned country of Caucasia. <laughs> uh, at that. So they kind of talk a little bit like this, and he showed me the TV show food, and there's that. And I don't know much about this character, but they say food instead of feud, and and that is somehow the correct uh, the correct pronunciation. But is no, it? yes, yes, it is. So uh, feud we watched, and you know, it showing me the character uh, portrayed. Uh, uh, called Vic Victor Cuomo, 
was uh, Victor Buono. A Buono, not Cuomo. Yeah. Sorry, Cuomo is the the guy in politics today. Yes. <laughs> very different person. Very, very different person. Very different person. Sorry, Victor Buono uh, is. Tell, tell me a little bit about him. Um, I believe his very his first like film in America because I think he he was originally English and I think he had made a few films over there but his first American film I think was Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and he played a love interest for Betty Davis although if you've ever seen that movie to call him a love interest is like what the fuck and not by the way he looks but the fact that they tried to pair him with Betty as a love interest and she was in her 60s at the time so and and you know like again if you've seen the movie you know how the whole thing plays out but uh after that he appeared in mostly westerns horror movies and really schlocky television okay like he did a lot of appearances on the old batman tv show the one starring adam west okay fair enough but he was also uh that so Victor Buono was portrayed by an actor called Dominic Burgess, mm-hmm. uh, who himself is a, a plus size British actor. So just potentially a name for if people want to do some investigating into some some people who are in the here and now being big and existing. And I must say that Victor was, was such a beautiful chubby man. I mean, I, sometimes when we look at movie stars of a bygone era and we think, wow, people really used to look like that, you know, because we don't look that much different today it's just back then it was different tricks with the camera everybody wore makeup all the time in front of a camera because they had to you know you look at those pictures and you think people look a little bit odd but he was a very very pretty chubby man oh yes just googling some of those pictures i mean that is oh that's very very handsome gentleman my goodness um now i've seen this as a as a username being parodied before I believe it's Orson Welles. Yes, Orson Welles. Um, probably one of the most interesting and controversial figures in, in Hollywood of any decade. This guy, uh, I believe he, was he English or was he Welsh? I can't remember, but he was another one that came over to the US, I wanna say in the 30s, maybe it was the beginning of the 40s. Uh, and he wasn't really being that much of a success in films. I think he got signed on to Universal or RKO and they didn't know what to do with him. And so he went into radio and he made very famous the War of the Worlds. He he was doing a radio drama of War of the Worlds, but people believed that it was actually happening, that it was a news report. Oh, So everyone, so well, not everybody, but a lot of people who were living in LA and the surrounding areas at the time thought that it was genuinely happening and believed that Martians had invaded uh, he got into a little bit of trouble for that, but um, he got himself out of it. I can't remember how. And um, he was uh, he was probably one of the best Shakespearean actors of old Hollywood. He did a lot of Shakespeare on stage. He did a few adaptations on film, though I can't remember which ones. And then um, he he tended to play the villain, you know, or or the or the guy who was pulling all the strings behind the scenes. He was very calculating like that. He reminds me a lot of the Baron Harkonnen from the Dune series. Like, <laughs> it was very much that sort of political intrigue. And um, there's always something going on beneath the surface kind of actor. And I know you've mentioned Charles Lawton before. I think he was an English yeah. actor from memory. A lot of, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of like English actors came over to Hollywood in the 30s. 
he um i i think that was it i can't remember if he started in silent films or not but he ended up becoming one of the most popular character actors of old hollywood like he was so willing to be transformed into anything that the studio needed like he played quasimodo in the hunchback of notre dame oh he um he tended to play like monstrous looking characters you know because he wasn't afraid of the prosthetic makeup like he he felt that it added to his performance so i can't aside from that movie i'm blanking on what else he's been in but um he was a big old chubby oh uh he was also the emperor nero in signs of the cross station of the cross something like that some movie about some early christian movie i can't remember the exact title but he played the emperor um, and also was a huge homosexual. Girl, back in the day when you couldn't be out as gay and you couldn't find easy access to methamphetamines, you just ate, I suppose. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I suppose one of the other one of the other big names I've heard of that I don't know what they've been in is Frank Nelson. Is that right? Frank Nelson? Frank, Frank Nelson. He was a, a character actor. He did a lot of appearances on television. And one of his... Um, series that he would appear on pretty regularly was i love lucy oh uh, yes and he was usually playing something like a game show host or a police officer or somebody with some level of authority that was basically supposed to be this roadblock in lucy's way you know like he tended to play the character who tried to foil her and whatever her scheme is and she tried to come up with some way to get the upper hand on him very very handsome man uh, I believe he was quite tall and uh, he was, I wouldn't say that he was like really chubby, but he was definitely a big, big man. And he had a tendency to talk with this really affected voice, you know, I guess maybe to project authority. <laughs> hmm. Fair enough. Doing a quick Google. Oh yes. Oh yes. I, I see it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know, of course, now, while this person I know uh, did stuff in old Hollywood uh, and everyone now knows him for The Godfather, you know, uh, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. You know, it was probably one of the greatest examples for me, you know, during the Tumblr era. You know, when you're like a teenager or like just finishing up high school, you've never seen these old films. Like I knew of Godfather and I'd seen still shots, but I didn't really watch it. And then, you know, you see these like black and white gifts being reposted and it's one of him like biting his lip and rolling his eyes very cutely i don't know who this was and someone was like yeah this is marlon brando the same guy who becomes the fat dude in godfather and i was like oh the transformation yeah he him and orson wells actually they both started off well i don't know if orson was ever really thin he was kind of on the husky side even when he was young but like marlon had been the sex symbol you know like because he had been in streetcar named desire with vivian lee and you know at one point he in the film he's shirtless and he's in the uh street screaming stella Stella," you know have you have you ever seen that scene Mm, mm, mm. and that well that's how he had been presented to hollywood and he like skyrocketed to fame after that and decades go on and he starts getting he he kind of gained a reputation for being problematic and something of a diva but he was such a good actor i think they put up with it and he just kept putting on the weight and putting on the weight and I may be wrong about this but I thought that I read that I don't know if it was for the godfather maybe it was for a different movie 
that they were having a hard time with him because he had gotten so fat and the director didn't like how fat he had gotten but I don't remember what happened with that situation. I don't know if he got recast or if they just went ahead filming with him being that big anyway. So it's quite a lengthy article. Hmm. No, it's just sort of like touching base on different films where it's like he kept getting fatter and directors didn't like it. So it's like, okay, well, whatever then. Well, you know, Hollywood, they don't like it when people are, I mean, I've said this before and I'll say it again. You cannot be in Hollywood and be fat, successful, and happy with your size it's one it's they don't allow that you gotta pick two you can't have all three and you know this this is really interesting right because of course you know in this kind of modern era we're really focusing on that inclusivity and diversity we're really focusing on you know the conversation about actors wearing fat suits for instance is a really sensitive one for a lot of people a lot of people are now like do not do actors in fat suits hire fat actors which to be fair is akin to people doing yellow face you know think Mickey it is yeah Tiffany's. it's like when you do not have a person who is actually the thing in the body representing the thing you can only have someone who can guesstimate and they'll say oh but that's just the mark of a great actor yeah but we also see from you know documentaries like disclosure when you have a generation of actors playing trans characters and people responding to trans characters with trans people not mm-hmm. involved in that you just get a lot of people making that the butt of the joke, which feeds into a lot of the transphobia that we see today. So, I get what you mean. Do you remember that period in sort of the late 90s through maybe the early to mid 2000s where you had a lot of actors in fat suits? You had Eddie Murphy in The Nutty Professor. Yeah. You had um, Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's House. You had all these actors putting on fat suits. And in fact, I can't remember what I was watching. It was a satire of something. And uh, it, it, in one scene of this satire, they're in a movie theater and you see a movie poster and it just literally says Eddie Murphy in a fat suit. <laughs> that's like the title of the movie. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what has happened. It becomes such a meme that it's the meme of the meme. It's me, 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 it's me, me, I'm fat. No, we, we don't talk about it, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mimi. Um, but no, it's, it's absolutely true. And I think it's so important that we really do recognize like, okay, here is something worth talking about. You know how there's that thing that people do where they love to be like, you know, once upon a time, it was beneficial to be fat. Um, That needs to be put a cork in because that is a presumption based off the fact that we have an image of rich people being fat. Mm-hmm. And while that is an image that exists, yeah, the wealthy have been fat in the past because they could afford more food, etc. Culturally speaking, that was still not treated as a good thing because yeah. you read books like fearing the black body by sabrina strings which people I, we're gonna put together a reading list this is gonna be top of the charts make sure you fucking read it this book breaks down how you know obesity was not really seen as like a thing or a problem until the bodies of black women start to be subjugated you then see things like the idea of the venus in the shell um who is not venus de milo i forget what her actual name is i think she's just called the venus meaning the beauty in you're talking about the the renaissance painting by botticelli yeah yeah that one it's just called venus rising the venus rising that that one right where Mm -hmm. she's got all these curves and a lot of art historians will comment and say this must have been inspired by a black woman because women's bodies did not reflect this shape at the time and it was around that time that the slave trade expanded to start to include black 
women because you suddenly have this uptick in the wealthy, wealthy women who wanted female attendance, they didn't want male slave attendance, they wanted female slave attendance, and now you have to take black women everywhere. So it really is a referential history that is very much worth looking at because really from this point in like the sort of mid to late 1600s moving forward, obesity is not treated as like a good thing it starts to become this idea of slovenliness especially as the protestant movement starts to happen the reformation of the church the idea starts to become that men who are fat sup too much of the pleasures of the earth they cannot be intellectual philosophizers they cannot be men of the clergy of the church they cannot be good christian well they, but they could be the king yeah because you know, henry the eighth got pretty fat over his reign yeah but he's also the king do you know what i mean it's yeah. like yeah no i understand it's not a cultural meme of acceptance for people it's cultural acceptance for the king in the same way as it's like well of course it's fine for like you know uh someone like donald trump as former president of the united states to flip-flop on his values on his ideals and we can justify them because he's the president and he's just trying to make everybody you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. the rule that applies to the leader of the land doesn't have to apply to everyone else. That's a very new idea that's come about as this movement of democracy. In times of theocracy and especially of, um, why am I forgetting the name of like, when it's not a democracy, when it's ruled by a king or a queen? Oh, uh, monarchy. <laughs> monarchy. Fuck James. Christ almighty. You know, monarchist states the way of living of the king or the queen has no impact on the commoner. You're a commoner. And if you try to emulate the king or the queen, who the fuck are you to emulate us? So, you know, when you look at all these factors, to try, to try and cut that bit short, apologies, you know, we kind of need to retire this idea that, oh, there was a golden heyday in which fat was okay. There's never really been a time. Yeah, no. The notion of being in a fat body has been presented as either equal or optimal. That has just not ever happened. We At least not in any um, European and or American history. Yeah. Oh my God. Listeners, I swear to God, if you email us about that one fucking African tribe that like fattens up its brides before like selling them off or whatever the story is, please fuck off. Like we're not here to fetishize a cultural identity for like a very small group of people. That is also not the world we live in, right? We are talking no. about Hollywood the machine whose cultural and media and visual ideologies have influenced and affected the entire fucking world right that's the scope and scale that we are operating on and talking to which is why to kind of pivot back for a brief moment to old hollywood i think that that makes sense why they all dressed so properly and so effectively because they had to there mm -hmm. was no room for error for a fat person to be dressed or presented as anything less than the best of the best because i mean there was no room for error for anybody to be honest i mean look at some of the most well-known tragedies of uh old uh joan crawford uh gene harlow uh you know these are every star in hollywood was expected to be something to present as something to always appear as something and someone like joan who took it so seriously and became like the archetype of the movie star you know it, it, when we watched feud you saw what that cost her and like everybody knows that judy was victimized by her career so it's just interesting to reflect on these notions and the irony of hollywood is the machine that tells us stories and yet it's the stories we tell ourselves what do we give truth to what do we give power to and this narrative around 
what is deemed to be appropriate or the truth of the history of things that we are informed by it's a fantasy so often of the time so kind of moving forward a little bit out of that ironic fantasy to reality you know we have lost some incredible plus size performers and persons over over the decades and you know one of the big ones that comes to mind for me are people like Elvis Presley and Cass Elliot, mm-hmm. you know, who, you know, Elvis, of course, was more of an actor than Cass was, but both were singers um, and not necessarily held by Hollywood in that regard, but still prominent performers. And, you know, learning about Cass Elliot has been a very interesting story, again, about the stories we tell ourselves, because what, what does everyone believe happened to Mama Cass? fat bitch died eating a hand sandwich she was asking for it she was so fat she killed us blah, 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 blah. fun fact coroner's report says she died of a drug overdose which looked yeah. not any more or less favorable it happened to a lot of stars over the years but the only reason we believe this narrative is because the coroner who went in and made observations of the space counted and mentioned specifically there was a prepped ham sandwich untouched nearby as if she was had made herself a sandwich and was about to eat it. I mean, I remember hearing about her growing up and people telling me that she choked to death on a ham sandwich. So the ham sandwich was untouched. And, you know, I think as gainers, fetus, people who are fat and becoming fat around the world, we need to treasure the stories and really defend the truth of them. Because Cass Elliot is made out to be some kind of absolute loser. Mm-hmm. fat pathetic creature stuck at home no friend slovenly beast just eating her pig slop until it consumed her whereas that wasn't the case she was a star just like any other who dealt and struggled with drug addiction because of course in those days things were more accessible and the construct of drug addiction was not really being talked about uh, not at all it was not being talked about at all at all so you know hers is another really sad story about losing someone incredible because of the way in which we just have not respected our celebrities and and treated them as human you know but also mm-hmm. how easily and how quickly we dehumanize fat people oh yeah we give any essence of credence to the notion that a fat person you know is being a fat out there in the world old people will jump on it look at that and not to bring up Donald Trump again, but I think his fat, like people being fat phobic towards him is a good example of this. Like mm-hmm. it's gross when people fat shame Donald Trump, because it's a really great example of how we associate the idea of human decency with uh, humanity. And when we decide that someone is no longer deserving of humanity, we cut that off. So Donald Trump, we decide that he's not a good person. We're allowed to be fat phobic towards him. The same thing would be true for a black person. Oh, he's a rapist and a murderer. I guess he's a filthy, mm. you know. I see, I, I see what you're trying to say. Amber Heard. People were all on her side until they found out she wasn't the perfect victim. Then all of a sudden, she's a conniving bitch. She's a gold digger. She's a manipulator. She's a psychopath. She always does this. Women always do this the misogyny comes to the front. So when we dehumanize people, we decouple this notion of basic human respect of which all of this is tied up into. So just things for people to be aware of, both for themselves, how they speak to other people, how we treat other people, 
that whole process, right? Let's mm -hmm. let's maintain human decorum. And just to put a point out here, if you really don't like Donald Trump and you think he's a terrible human being, then he's probably done some terrible things that you could probably make mention of, you know? Oh, yeah. Like the, his entire presidency. You know, if you think he's a horrible person, but the only thing you can talk about is his weight, then maybe you need to do a bit more research. Maybe you need to have a bit of a rethink about what you define as the worst qualities of such a person. But anyways, that's my little <laughs> since we're talking since we're talking Hollywood and this kind of, you know, Yeah, you know, it's it's so stupid that he's considered an actor just because he's been on reality television and played himself in like a few cameos here and there. Like I hate that he's <laughs> but enough of him performers of the plus size who have passed so we mentioned elvis cass elliott who who are some plus size people that come to mind for you uh chris farley i remember oh. when, he, when he was found dead um and i believe his was a, also a drug overdose mm -hmm. and he's an interesting example like he he was the lead in all of the films you know post his saturday night live career but I hesitate to say that any of them were romantic comedies. They were mostly just straight up comedies and not all of them were all that good. <laughs> like his buddy comedies with um, David Spade were very funny. And he usually wound up with a, with a woman at the end, but I wouldn't say that they were romantic comedies. Um, he was very loud, energetic, uh, jumping around, be crazy, be jolly, be boisterous kind of character, which he had... Uh, I'm assuming he perfected that in his years on Saturday Night Live. And so that's, he pretty much played the same character in every film ever since. I I always think of someone like John Candy, who, oh, you know, yeah. as a kid watching Home Alone, I couldn't understand why I had this fascination about this man in, you know, and I can remember this like ugly leatherette jacket that he was wearing in the back of the truck. It was just so shiny because he was so plump or it just filled all those curves. It looked so sheer. I just remember thinking to myself, why do I want to like throw myself onto this man like a beanbag chip? Do you know what I mean? Did you ever see planes, trains, and automobiles? No, but I remember. Oh, that's going to be on our list then, because you, <laughs> I think you would love John Candy in that movie. I loved him in Uncle Buck. I thought he was so funny, especially the scene, especially the scene when kids nuts the guy. <laughs> you got anything to say to her? I'm sorry. Like better. <laughs> Oh, just absolute comedy. But, you know, to kind of circle back to that point, you know, what does Hollywood permit? Fat people have permission to be funny mm -hmm. because yeah. it's funny that you're fat. Whereas, you know, so often fat people are not really given permission to be just actors, just actors of quality, you know? Mm -hmm. One of the few performers who I think of when I think of people who were given that opportunity is like Melissa McCarthy, who yeah. has done plenty of comedy, but then she did that movie with Bill Hader, and it's the one about, like, I wish I could say I'm sorry or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there have been serious films that she's played where she's played just these gorgeously in-depth characters, but... I feel the same way about Octavia Spencer. Yes, Octavia Spencer, another great example. You know, it's like she can play an amazing character, but why is she often relegated to these slave time films? Why is she often, you know, kept in this box of she has to portray a mammy character or this or that? You know, actors who have this real potential to do something incredible because they're incredible performers, but by virtue of, oh, you look like this, therefore this is 
This is the only context in which it applies. Mm-hmm. On Candy Chris Farley, you can be powerful male leads, but only if you're funny as fuck, because no one yeah. can possibly believe you to actually do a serious film, you know? So it rinse repeats, you know? And I think, again, it's important to recognize, you know, the fat experience and the fat phobic experience is not monolithic, you know, for people of color, for people of a certain age, for people of different genders, the expectation and the sort of pigeonholing of where you get typecast into can be very different and really disadvantages everyone across the board in that regard. Um, but, you know, we also lost someone like Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I think yeah, more, fantastic actor. was more of a director, I think, wasn't he? Director, producer, I, I, I think he, I think he wore multiple hats. I mean, I mostly remember him from films like Doubt, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, God, what else was he in that I just saw recently? And now I cannot remember the name of the film. Oh, I'm blanking. But um, I mostly saw him as, as, you know, this this amazing actor, you know, who could. Mm-hmm really like when i saw him in doubt opposite meryl streep and hold his own against meryl streep i mean not many people can do that mm. so no 100 and i mean to pivot a little bit yeah i suppose you know to people who've lost weight and i think we again the, the gender element here we're very familiar with female performers who have lost weight over the years oprah adele rebel wilson star jones but what about male persons and to be fair i think gainers listening to this could probably think of a couple of examples because oh, they, yeah. they were in our spank banks until we saw the whole like weight loss update of like 20 mm-hmm. whatever and we all went no we yes another one no. oh yeah um the most my biggest example seth rogan i remember seth rogan on freaks and geeks as this adorable chubby guy and then saw him in Knocked Up, where he was probably at his fattest. I don't know if he was, a, if it was that one or Zach and Mary make a porno where he was at his chubbiest, but like he was so fucking hot in Knocked Up, you know, big belly, thick thighs, big ass, round chubby face. And then the Green Hornet came out and I saw the trailer and was like, Seth, what did they do to you? Mm. What did they do to you? Why did you let them do this to you? See, I thought you were going to talk about John Goodman because was he or was he not just the fat daddy of the? Yeah, he was, 90s. and he was he was he was really chubby in the nineties. Yeah, just oh, and then you know I think like many actors who at a certain threshold, you know, you don't really hear from him for a long time, and then you know you hear about John Goodman doing something, and then you look and you just see nothing but those turkey giblets of like rapid weight loss or a stomach stapling where it's like there's just skin hanging off and it's just not it's just not favorable well it's i mean it's not favorable to us to people like us we we see that and we think oh no what i mean i want but i do want to put it out there for anyone that's listening i mean we we respect people's want to lose weight if they want to lose weight like we can't like we're not we definitely don't take us as saying that we're against people being able to do what they want it's just like like i said when i saw seth skinny i was like oh you know but only in that way that like oh i can't put him in my spank bank like i used to like and we've seen celebrities fluctuate weights over the years i remember when everybody was simping over kevin fetterline when he put on a bunch of weight oh my god i was one of them he said k fridge the whole the whole thing of it my god oh um 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 rob kardashian yeah rob kardashian yeah god um 
but you know, I will just say there is something, and I've tried to find out if there is like a term that people have settled on and there doesn't seem to be from what I've found. So listeners, if you know what I'm talking about, please feel free to message me with this answer. In the fat lib space, this is a shared thing. Obviously from us, there is a spank bank element to it. Like, oh, my spank bank, the person is gone. How's that? But even within fat lib, you know, there is a struggle because of course you look to performers, you look to people in the zeitgeist as inspiration and as self-actualization. They do it, therefore I can do it. And there is something legitimate when as fat people, we lose those persons because they lose weight, right? So it doesn't, as again, as far as I've been able to find, there is no current existing term. Listeners, if you know it, please message me or email us at thethickradio@gmail.com. But there is a legitimacy to it because, you know, the, the nature of fatness does not equate similarly to queerness, to blackness, to other forms of iconicism, because you are consistently black, consistently queer, and outside of transness, consistently a woman. But then even within transness, that's still a queer element. Whereas with fatness, you can attain that status and step away from that status via mm-hmm. weight gain and weight loss. So there is a very legitimate struggle of, oh, I love that Kelly Clarkson is this fuller figured woman. Now, I, 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 I love James Corden. I love these people. But then as people lose weight, it's hard because you cannot disrespect. You no longer are able to identify. You don't see yourself reflected anymore as you once did. So I can understand that that cognitive dissonance. It is a little bit of a struggle. So, you know, I, I think that's worth discussing and probably why it's worth having a conversation within the community about how we, you know, we need to have more of that conversation because even within the community, gainers lose weight. See? Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly valid when they do but sometimes people get real fucking butthurt over it they get real like how dare they lose weight i can't believe they would do this i guess they were never a real gainer in the first place and it's just like no man like the world is big and so much bigger than like you having a wank right now like (laughs) the reasoning behind this probably has nothing to do with you and you may never know the answer and that's perfectly fine because it's none of your fucking business like it's kind of wild But again, I think there is a bit of a through line on the fact that it's a legitimate feeling. And maybe there's a discussion that needs to be had about how we navigate that. But hey, time time will tell on that point. So there's another really great example um, recently of weight loss that a lot of people don't approve of. And that is David Harbour, who... Now, I have to admit, I, I, until you showed me who he was, I didn't know that because I haven't watched Stranger Things. (laughs) I didn't really watch Stranger Things either, but you know, Tumblr, Grommer, the general zeitgeist of the world, people post, people post pics and they show like, oh, this is that person. And he is in the face, very handsome and in the body, he's fine. But the most recent season, season four, the whole plot line was his character got like zapped through a wormhole mm-hmm. and taken to Russia. Mm-hmm. And he was basically put in, in a gulag. So he just looked emaciated when he was found. And pretty much every character, when they come across him, like one of the first things, or one of the only things they say to him is like, wow, you've lost a lot of weight. Or like there are jokes made about how like he no longer looks that way. And 
it's just interesting to me that like why why have you taken this character who is meant to represent like a fatherly figure or someone of importance and strength and you've just reduced him down to a post Jenny Craig ad mm-hmm. it's, it's it's frustrating when that happens though he has gone on record saying it's the worst thing he's ever had to do and he never wants to do it again so, <laughs> fingers crossed he like yo-yo springs back the other way and gets fucking obese but you know i keep hoping the same thing for channing tatum oh my god all the fingers and toes crossed um but thinking of these actors and the discussion about like there have actually been some people who've gone on record and said do not talk about my weight and i think that's a I think that's a big thing that we should talk about. So the two major examples of this are Jonah Hill, right? Mm-hmm. And Nicola Coughlin. And if you don't know who she is, you know, she is one of the performers from Derry Girls. She was one of the characters out of Bridgerton. Oh, okay. You know, so, you know, shape-wise, you know, she's a little bit short and stout and very cherubic looking, you know, very youthful looking. But she's a talented fucking actress. And because she's had this, you know, quick rise to stardom, as a lot of these people do, a lot of people have done the typical thing. Oh, well, who is she? Oh, she's just a fat girl. She's a fat girl, isn't she? Well, she's in Bridgerton. She's in Bridgerton, and they've probably had to use 74 extra thousand yards of lace to dress her because she's fat. Well, maybe she has lost weight because look at her. She's looking thinner here. And it's interesting, this tennis. Mm-hmm just volleying back and forth all these creators and the actors and actresses themselves are just sort of sat there like i'm not even involved in this conversation about my way so both she and jonah hill did articles and interviews but they were like don't talk about our weight anymore just don't it's got no bearing on my journey for my weight for my health for my size for my dressing for my skills as a performer it's got no bearing on it so leave it alone and it's been received really positively by a lot of fat liberation groups because it's kind of the big thing, right? Like that's literally what we're doing. We are discussing weight and maybe we're not some big fucking program. Mm-hmm. You know, we are still discussing it and we're discussing the implications of it. And I think that's really fascinating that culturally it's only now in like the last two years that anyone has felt like they could stand up to quote unquote the media and say shut up leave me alone they're all getting tired of it and i don't blame them i mean if you are if you are an actor or i mean really any profession honestly let's say any profession someone asks you about your profession and it's something that you're passionate about you are proud of your work but all anybody wants to ask you is so are you on a weight loss program you look a little thinner or oh wow you've really uh put on some weight lately haven't you like, is that the thing that you want to talk about when it comes to your passion? No. You know, I, I, I've said this before. My family often make comments about my weight. And people have asked me, like, does it upset you? Like, not really, no. Like, people who upset me, I'll smack them in the face. Like, I'm not <laughs> worried about you. But, you know, because of lockdown, my family back in Australia have had a great old time just faffing about, living life, chilling. And, you know, it's not that we weren't in contact, period, but, like, we we weren't communicating as much as before. And there's a part of me that sits there and is like, oh, this is the first time I'm going to get to see my family on a video call in nearly a year. How exciting that we found the time to do this. First words out of my sister's mouth, God, Jim, you've gotten fucking fat. And I'm sad to thinking, yes, of course I have. Thank you. A lot of, a lot of work's gone into this. But I'm also sat there thinking like, oh, Jim, I've missed you so much. 
I can't tell you how much it means to me to have the time to get to see you, you know, and maybe even subtly touch base and say, listen, you know, I, I just wanted to ask, you know, you're looking a little more full of figure, you know, are you doing okay? Is it because of the lockdown, you know? And like, I'll make up an excuse to that. You can even, she could have even said that after the fact. And I would have been like, yeah, sure, cool, whatever. But it's the fact that it's like, you haven't seen me in that long. First words out of your mouth is, I'm fat. And she just love that. <laughs> and I've said before about family, how they have this total way of blundering forward with, you know, whatever it is their concern, quote unquote, is. Um, but yeah, nothing. No, nobody will like totally just snap your self-confidence like a family member can. 100%. Um, and listen, just as a little tete-a-tete here, people, yes, people with weight loss, Chris Pratt, yeah, we know you prefer Fat Pratt, but the dude- I do too. I, I know he turned out to be a terrible human being, I know, and I don't excuse that. I just remember when he used to post stuff like he was inching towards 300 pounds and he was going to make it happen, like I got into it. <laughs> I have since reversed my opinion. I am now like, no, he's a terrible human being. But prior to knowing that, I was very on board with Fat Pratt. Yeah, and listen, I, I understand the whole, like, uh, religious thing. It's like, doesn't necessarily sit well with everyone. And I try not to judge on those grounds. Um, but not too long ago, and I think it was either, like, over New Year's last year or, like, some kind of something, he basically made this disgusting post where he was like, thank you, God, for my healthy daughter. And like my my wife and all this other kind of stuff and then everyone was like oh so what about your son who has literal physical and mental disabilities yeah. like and your ex-wife who was not who is not a terrible person by any means like just that that kind of thing that just makes you sit there and go oh my god fuck you like just jesus jesus Je jesus was not in that room at that point in time no. i don't think jesus is in his church either if he's out here making these comments but we digress we don't approve of this kind of fuckery. But let's talk about the final category of humans that I think we need to address. The fat icons of the now. Yeah. The fat. And, and who do we love? Who do we love? Personally, I am sort of in love with um, two of them, Daniel Frazzesi and Matt McGorry. They are, oh. to me, they are two of the, like, just the most beautiful men in Hollywood right now. <laughs> physically beautiful and both of them iconic for different reasons you know matt has matt has publicly stated you know he has explored his sexuality and i'm pretty sure he still identifies as straight but you know from a straight perspective that's so important to have that conversation about like yeah i've had sex with men to explore myself discover <laughs> that i was still straight it doesn't emasculate me it doesn't lessen me it doesn't make me have weird feelings towards gay people and it shouldn't make you have weird feelings either like that's a very important like conversation about toxic masculinity needs to happen more often and daniel franzisi i'm pretty sure has played like the first openly plus size person with hiv on tv which show did he have hiv in oh looking or something like that was it looking? oh i never saw that and it's like that's another thing like hollywood would be out here like all those faggots died in the 80s and 90s and we didn't make a cent off of it so we've really got to do that now anytime we want to talk about the gays it's got to be about the aids they're all dying but they're all beautiful and white of course and if they're not going to be thin well i guess we'll have daniel franzisi but gorgeous oh yeah absolutely gorgeous and really really selling you a character you know i 
I think absolutely worth the mention and and talking about that. And of course, Mean Girls, Hellier. Oh yeah, I mean, I remember watching that movie, and I'm sure that, and I actually saw it in theaters. Uh, and I, 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 I feel like every like teenage girl and maybe some of the teenage boys that were in that theater with me were either simping over one of the women like whether it had been um regina george or if it had been katie or if it had been gretchen you know whatever i was thirsting over uh damien i was like if i had been in the same high school with that boy and he had been out and i'd been out it would have been on like donkey kong i would have just been like girl and to find out that like literally the guy that played aaron and like the the other male lead who was like the the nerdy jockey uh brown oh dude. um kevin L- lumpur i think was his name both, both of them are gay mm-hmm. like every male lead for that movie turned out to be gay as hell and that makes me so fucking happy jesus christ what an iconic film um but you know on top of that i think of of course of people like jack black yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I find him that hot, but I mean, I have to give him props for being an overweight man in Hollywood who has kind of consistently been overweight. Mm. He has lost and gained over the years, but he's sort of always been in a sort of like weight range. Yeah, he's career. always been from like mid fat to like pretty fat, you know, like can't deny it. And John Favreau, who, you know, I, I saw an episode of him not too long ago in Friends where I was like, holy shit, he was thin muscular like just this hot dude fucking hell and now he plays happy in all the mcu films he's fucking fat he's the dude that created baby yoda because of the mandalorian he's one of the most like decorated and like in-demand director producer dudes of the now so like get get into it people like (laughs) fat boys are out here making shit move uh kevin james Obviously. Yes, I I think he is so hot. I think Kevin James is so hot. Kevin James Not is only crazy. is his face really, really handsome, um, his body. I kind of wish that his belly was heavier on the uh, bottom than it is on the top. He's he's actually a guy who's a bit more top heavy, um, mm-hmm. but so hot and really, really funny. I don't know if like King of Queens is everybody's cup of tea, but. Um, I just think he's really funny and I love him and Leah Remini together. I actually think that they make a, an, like a, a really funny couple. They, they are hilarious. Um, and of course, Eric Stone Street, you know, who is, is on Modern Family. And can we talk about the queen of all queens? Lizzo. Lizzo. Dear <laughs> God, how could we have this conversation without our queen? Oh my goodness. Um, Very true. What, what an absolute icon. And, you know, there, there are a couple of points I think that are really important to make here. You know, Jack Black is possibly one of the few examples that exist of a male lead, of a fat male lead, that is not treated problem- problematically in certain films. And don't yeah. get me wrong, Shallow Hal. Yeah, that was during his phase where he was playing the, the very typical like, fat guy role in Hollywood of, like, being a douchebag. But, you know, he has since done films like The Holiday, you know, he voices Poe on Kung Fu Panda, which was its own series. And of course, you know, he did uh, School of Rock. And in each one of those films, he is the lead character. He is fat in that. And maybe to some extent, you know, the narrative of fatness is it exists. But at no point is it treated as a detraction. And at no point is that the the focus of the journey as the lead character in The Holiday. 
he's just falling in love with someone you know school of rock he's trying to teach a bunch of kids on how to play a rock and roll song and wasn't he in that really stupid wrestler movie too oh yeah la luchador or something like that i thought it was called nacho libre or something oh it might have been i don't know i did not watch it i didn't watch it either something kind of told me it might be really problematic so i was yeah it seemed like a really dumb idea when i watched the trailer so i never i never saw the film yeah so people if you want to like let us know if that was a, a a problem please feel free um but also Eric Stone Street's character in Modern Family probably has like the greatest ratio of like fucking comment to portrayo. Comment to portray. He probably has like the greatest ratio of comment to portrayal, as in mm. like comments made about his weight, episodes and themes focusing around his weight versus screen time. Like it almost never happens. And his narrative with his partner very rarely brings up his weight as uh, as an attraction or as a detraction, but they are an active gay couple and sex and sex positivity is demonstrated with their characters throughout the show as well. So, you know, we have these references. Now they are very new references, mm-hmm. like in the last 20 years, yeah. and they are cherry picked because let's be honest, it's not like there's a smorgasbord of potentials that we could talk about here but it means that times are changing yes and i'm curious to know tim from your perspective again as that lover of old hollywood film buff da 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 i want to know from you like what changes do you note from then i mean i've i've seen that like um in in many decades past if it if there was an overweight male actor he was in certain categories he could he was either going to be the sexless best friend you know, the one who's like secretly in love with the protagonist, but can't tell them because, you know, he's afraid of being rejected for his size. Or he would play the comedic sidekick, the one who's always giving wisecracks and making inappropriate jokes and being raunchy. Or he would be a, a, a total douchebag, like a complete asshole who treats everybody with disrespect and, you know, never has anything nice to say about anybody. He's so judgmental. Mm. And, for some reason always winds up with somebody who's completely out of his league like not just in terms of like like in terms of personality like you can't believe that someone who is nice and well-mannered would end up with this asshole but like they, they always end up with somebody um and i want to see all of that change and i feel like it is changing very slowly because i want to see more plus-sized male actors as romantic leads i want to see more plus-size gay male actors and non-binary and and lesbian i just i want big people to be given the opportunity to be big in hollywood and appear in the same caliber of films as their white uh thin um you know uh, faces that have been pulled and pinched so much they can't even see what they're doing anymore type of actors like i want i want all of that for the future of hollywood because i want the people to see themselves reflected in film you know and i was gonna say probably one of the best examples of persons who and again like i think every fat performer is sort of like laced in these experiences of having to preference you know comedic films but you know like when i think of someone like maybe melissa mccarthy you know i think she's done some pretty incredible uh, uh 
not necessarily comedy films, but films that are a little bit serious, you know, like The Starling, which is not too old, you know, that came out last year, it was focused on Netflix, and mm. it gave her a real opportunity. And like, Can You Ever Forgive Me? I think is one of the best examples where it's like her and Bill Hader and it's just emotionally driven. It's not about her weight, but it is very much about her caliber as a performer. And I love seeing that. And I do hope that that is something that we get to see moving forward. Me too. Well, I guess that's it for another episode of Thick Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars and leave a good review. If you liked this episode, the podcast, or just us in general, share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. You can find me on Instagram and Beefy Frat at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Beefy Frat at Thicky Mouse. You can also look us up on TikTok at Thick Radio or our website at www.podpage.com forward slash Thick Radio. And if you want to submit any questions or ideas for episodes, you can reach us at thethickradio at gmail.com. So until next time, bye fats. Bye fats. Let's talk about it. Thick Radio is a Patreon and Enter app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next and Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lucky 2. Our theme song is provided by Body by Dream.